0: If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Here's what I mean. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. There was once a small business in New England by the name of Grovewood & Co., it existed for roughly seven months, from April 27th to November 22nd, in the year 1913. At least, that's true for one timeline. I'll touch more on that later. Masquerading as a Capeside souvenir shop, most of Grovewood & Co.'s customers were oblivious to the store's true nature. Only the rich elite were granted access to their secret arsenal of products. You see, during the brief period of time that they were operational, the company collected, tinkered with, branded, and sold various objects, each of which had otherworldly properties, giving their owner a unique power, supernatural in nature. How they acquired such artifacts, no one knows. On November 22nd, 2013, in its original timeline, the building vanished without a trace, not only from sight, but from the memory of everyone who had ever encountered it, like it never existed in the first place. It seems the building and its inhabitants fell victim to an object malfunction, more specifically, a temporal hiccup caused by a time travel device as it was being sold The origin of this anomaly is more than likely a defense mechanism of the device itself. It would appear that some of these objects are sentient to some extent and can flee when they detect a nearby threat. That's all I'm at liberty to say about this particular event. So, where did Grovewood and Co. unwillingly relocate to? That's a loaded question. The building, it seems is constantly jumping from place to place, year to year, and timeline to timeline. It's a bitch to track down, but with a little luck and a great deal of skill, I'm able to do my job just fine. What is my job, you ask? Well, I'm responsible for keeping the building and its objects from destroying the multiverse as we know it. You know, the usual nine to five bullshit. In all honesty, I'm a lowly office peon where I'm from. There are people getting paid a hell of a lot more than I am doing much more important work. All I do is tap into the multiversal time grid and post messages and timelines where the building is likely to show up in the hopes that some might believe me and heed my words of wisdom should they need them. But don't worry. There are greater precautionary measures in place. This is just a small, added measure of protection. Also note, so far, the building has been spotted in 432 locations. Exactly 26 timelines were discovered to be worthy candidates for the next jump. 25 of those are now considered safe. Your world is number 26. Without further ado, here is my warning. Yes, some of it has been copied and pasted. Hello. I am here to warn you. Your timeline has been deemed a likely landing zone for Grovewood & Co. Though we can't pinpoint the precise date or location of the impending dispatch, we can tell you what to look for and how to avoid total annihilation in the hands of an object. The building will take the place of another building in your town. You won't remember the previous building, and you'll know Grovewood & Co. as if it was always there, as will its workers. Upon entering, you might feel like something's not quite right. Though it exists in your memories, part of your brain may fight the narrative and make it feel increasingly unfamiliar. If you're lucky, you may even recall this post and some of its details. We can only hope. If you're able to gather your wits and swim against the current of your fabricated memories, then congratulations, you are stronger willed than most. But. This is no time to celebrate. The sudden appearance of Grovewood & Co. deems your timeline vulnerable. More vulnerable than it has ever been before. It's up to you, the only person wise to the charade, to fix things, if only temporarily. It's imperative that you relay this phrase verbatim to the shopkeeper. Might you be so kind as to direct me to your written wares? I'm in the market for a parable or two. That is your ticket to the good stuff. The shopkeeper will bring you to a room housing nothing but a bookcase. The bookcase is filled with books published by The Mori Initiative. That's another entity we're working to locate. Behind the bookcase is a set of stairs that lead to the building's second floor. Once upstairs... You'll find many objects, a mirror that can trap souls, a picture frame that can show you still images of the afterlife, and even a crystal ball that gives anyone who touches it the power of clairvoyance. None of them are worth your attention, except for one. In the back left corner of the room, hanging next to some jewelry, you'll find a golden pocket watch. This is arguably the most powerful item in the entire shop, though most of its powers remained dormant until the anomaly took place. Uh, An object's power can change when used in conjunction with another object. So this is the object you need to get to. Remember what I said about sentience? Some of the objects will cause trouble if they sense danger. Walk around the room a few times, act casual. When you finally do grab the pocket watch, show no signs of excitement or nervousness. On the front of the pocket watch is a large ampersand. On the other side of it are GW and CO, respectively, denoting the shop's branding, Grovewood & Co. Clicking the button atop the watch will open its face and reveal to you a single dial and a circle of letters, A to Z. These letters are key to your world's survival. The pocket watch works like a combination lock. Spinning the button will move the dial to letters of your choosing. It's very important that you enter the following sequence. Right, O-Left, V-Right, A-Left, I-Right, L-Left, I. Though the pocket watch isn't the device that caused the temporal disturbance, that one is still MIA. It does have similar properties. Entering this code will reactivate the anomaly and jumpstart transport. Grovewood & Co. will jump to the next timeline and you will more than likely have no memory of the events that transpired. That's it? Really? Yes, that's it. Moving the building to its next destination is the greatest thing you can do. It allows us more time to perfect our endgame plan It's currently in development. The multiverse is at its safest in-between jumps. The longer the building sits in a timeline, the greater the chance there is of someone messing with the pocket watch or another object in the shop and creating a chain of events that inevitably lead to the destruction of all that we know. Having said that, keep this in mind. If your finger slips, or if you fail to recall the combination properly, you are endangering everything. One wrong letter, one wrong turn of the watch's dial, and all layers of physical reality and consciousness might intersect, creating a cataclysm that may very well end all of existence. Sending you in is a danger in and of itself, but doing nothing is far worse. Until the problem can be resolved, this message is one of many small hopes that we have. With any luck, we'll find a better solution. Until then... The safety of the multiverse is in your hands. Don't fuck it up. Hey, wanted to say thank you again for hanging out with me for the last half hour, pretty much. Uh, If you're asleep right now, that's cool. Uh, And if I'm waking you up, I'm sorry. Just go back to sleep. Click this video on the left to hear more lo-fi narrations and click this video on the right to hear Something else. I'll see you in the next one. Oh, and one more thing before I go. You can be whoever you want to be. All right, so check this out. The business card left in my mailbox was unassuming, a simple white font affixed to a black background, but its claim was bold. There is now an in-dream hotline you can call to escape nightmares. Simply find a red rotary phone in your dreamscape dislocated from the receiver and choose a number to be connected. A good night's sleep is just around the corner. Enjoy your rest. It had all the makings of a half-hearted prank from my friend Josh. After all, he was the only person I had told about my recent night terrors. But stooping that low, just for a cheap laugh? He knew my nightmares were deeply personal, all involving my deceased father. Would he really go that far? Though Josh was a funny guy, he could be sentimental when the time called for it. I wondered if this was less a prank and more an offering of relief during a tough time. His way of telling me there would eventually be a way out, a light at the end of the tunnel. I took comfort in this, opting not to reach out in case he decided to go back on it and laugh in my face. However caring the man could be, he detested heart-to-heart moments. Thanks, Josh. I guess I needed this. With a slight smile, I placed the card in my pocket and went about my day, grateful for the gesture. Unfortunately, it wouldn't be enough to keep my demons at bay. Later that night... While resting, I was blindsided by memories of my father, completely out of my control. A horrific scene came into focus, replaying the events of his death. I had no choice but to endure the torment and watch the events unfold in my mind, just as they had so many times before. I was a child, and we were swimming at our favorite spot on the outskirts of town. We often played a game to see who could hold their breath underwater the longest. On my father's last dip beneath the waves, he never came up for air. His body was never found. Being young and naive, I was convinced a creature dragged him to the depths of the ocean. As an adult, I now know this monster was a riptide, pulling him out to uncharted waters. Undercurrents in that area were fierce, eventually leading local authorities to close off the beach altogether. The search party never stood a chance of finding him. I violently thrashed about as the horrible images recurred, but soon found solace in the form of sleep. Like the many nights that came before it, this solace would be short-lived. My dream began as it usually did. I watched from the shadows as my dad tucked in my younger self and read aloud a bedtime story. This moment was always so peaceful calm before the storm. I briefly basked in the ambient nostalgia before remembering the events that would inevitably come next. That's when the panic set in. After the story concluded, my father transformed into something horrific. Below his waist was now a grouping of slimy tentacles, wetting the floor as he slid across it. Above his collar were the grotesque features of a monstrous head an amphibious amalgamation of loose appendages, sharp teeth, and gills protruding from his neck. His mouth opened at an unnatural angle, wide enough for it to devour my younger self whole. He then turned his attention to me. This was my cue to run. Racing through the house to escape the creature's clutches, I felt something fall from my shirt pocket. It was the InDream Hotline business card. I picked it up and looked it over. Despite the fragile nature of visual stimuli in dreams, the card was identical to its real counterpart. No matter how many times I read the text, none of the characters were fuzzy, jumbled, or rearranged. A thunderous growl crept up from behind. I sprinted to the living room. That's where I saw it, right where my family's landline usually sat. A red, rotary phone. In this moment, a compulsion washed over me. Despite the service being a complete fabrication, I was compelled to give it a try, if for no other reason than to see what would happen if I did. Perhaps my sleeping mind would fill in the blanks and wake me from the nightmare. I picked up the phone from the receiver and held it to my ear. There was a harrowing silence. Going over the card again... I realized it was time to pick a number it seemed there were only five viable choices numbers six through zero had been scuffed away along with the pound and star keys when placing my finger in these holes the wheel wouldn't budge i instead decided to choose number one the wheel turned and my ear was met with a male voice thank you for calling the indream hotline for escaping nightmares how can we be of service? It worked. My brain was playing along. Um, I, I need to escape this nightmare, please, quickly. Certainly. I'll be happy to assist you with this. Please hold while I look up your situation. The sound of grinding teeth echoed in the distance as the creature slid from room to room, searching for me. Oh boy. Childhood trauma mixed with a phobia of sea monsters. That does not sound like fun. Luckily, this is an issue we are equipped to deal with. You have three options. Transport, reconfigure, and vanquish. Which would you like? The monster had now honed in on my position, slithering towards me as my eyes widened in pure terror. Uh, vanquish. Get rid of this thing. Okay. One moment. I watched in horror as the creature closed the gap between us in just a matter of seconds. It looks like your account is new. You don't have the options to reconfigure or vanquish yet. All we can do is transport. Shall I initiate that option for you? The Eldritch version of my father swung its tentacles over me, narrowly missing my head as I cowered in fear. Fine, transport. Do it now. One transport coming right up. All at once, the sound of grinding teeth stopped. The moisture on the floor evaporated. The creature was frozen in place. A statue of pure dread. It then vanished before my very eyes. Transport successful. Thank you for calling the Dream hotline. Enjoy your rest. It worked. I couldn't believe it. It's difficult to explain, but I felt alleviated. A wave of relief so strong, it allowed me to breathe again. Catharsis filled the air as I walked through the dream version of my childhood home, free of the guilt I had harbored for so many years. My nightmare was finally over. I slept through the night and awoke fully refreshed, knowing that somehow I had come to terms with my father's death, albeit through very strange means sunlight poured into the room as a bird outside sang a beautiful melody the smell of home-cooked food wafting through my apartment but i lived alone upon venturing out to the kitchen to identify the source of the aroma i was taken aback by what i saw it was my dad cooking a seafood feast fit for a family of 12 hey there sport how was your nap My mouth hit the floor. Dad? But how? He smiled. What's wrong, sport? You look like you've seen a ghost. Dumbstruck and frightened, I ran to my bedroom, and I locked the door. That was not my father. It couldn't be. He was swept out to sea. No one could have survived out there. It just wasn't possible. My phone buzzed, interrupting my panic. It was a private number. I hesitantly answered. Hello, this is the InDream hotline for escaping nightmares. We don't normally make calls outside of the dream void, but we noticed your recent transport order has gone awry. We're here to help. What, Josh? Is that you? What's going on? Is this some sort of sick joke? Transports can be unpredictable. We apologize for the inconvenience. If you upgrade to one of our premium packages, we can aid in the removal of your nightmare. We accept all major credit cards. Did my ears deceive me? Was the InDream hotline real? The silver package is our cheapest upgrade, allowing you to reconfigure your nightmare. But there is no guarantee the result will be any better. We suggest purchasing our gold package, an option which lets you vanquish the nightmares once and for all. A stream of seawater entered my room as a tentacle snuck beneath the door. Lunch is ready, sport. I hope you're hungry. I know I am. I handed over my credit card information without so much as a second thought. I'll take the gold package, please. Brilliant. Please hold. The sound of tapping at a keyboard filled my ears as my father began banging at the door. Your transaction is in transit. It will take five to seven business days to process, at which time your nightmare will be vanquished. Five to seven days? Were they serious? I have to wait how long? What am I supposed to do in the meantime? Thank you for calling the InDream Hotline for Escaping Nightmares. We sincerely hope you live long enough to continue doing business with us. Good luck. There it was. A fragment of the universe hurtling through the cosmos. And there I was, gazing up from the comfort of a farmhouse rooftop built by my father's hands smack dab in the middle of nowhere. In all the years that we lived out there on the countryside, not a damn thing remarkable ever happened. This meteor shower was the highlight of my entire life, and that's why With a bit of wonder glazed over my eyes, I was captivated by one falling rock, brighter than the rest. I wanted so badly to reach out and just touch it. Almost as if in answer to my plea, the meteor took a U-turn and fell from the sky like a falcon, diving for its prey. I watched, astonished, as it passed overhead and crashed into the wooded area, behind my dad's property. Surprisingly, there was no sound, no explosion, just the rustling of the tree leaves as it plummeted through the forest's canopy. To make matters more peculiar, I swear I saw a red glow emanating from the crash site, however faint. After the initial shock wore off, I climbed down from the roof and raced into the woods as fast as my scrawny legs would allow. I had a rough idea of where the thing landed, so I darted in that direction, hoping I could take home a chunk of space rock as a souvenir to show my dad. If I was lucky, it would be a treasure thrilling enough to keep him from getting mad that I went out into the woods by myself. I could only hope. Eventually, I came to a small clearing where the moonlight gently caressed the earth, granting me a somewhat clearer picture of the flora and the fauna around me. I noticed many small animals frantically scurrying north for no discernible reason. I surmised that the meteor's landing frightened the wildlife nearby, and so I decided to head off in the opposite direction. Sure enough, After maybe ten more minutes of my impromptu hike through the wilderness, I came upon the source of the mysterious glow that I had seen. It was no meteor. There, sitting in a small depression in the ground, was a metallic pod of sorts, complete with a blinking beacon protruding from its surface just like an antenna. The craft itself was spherical and at least twice my height. I'd never seen anything like it before. I was utterly dumbfounded. Before I could take a closer look, a hatch opened up from its side, startling me back into the woods. With a racing heart, I scuttled behind the nearest tree. I cautiously positioned my head around the trunk, and I spied on the object with bated breath. I didn't know what to expect. Was it some kind of top-secret military weapon? Or perhaps a remote control gadget built by a genius hermit living nearby? Would a little green man step out to greet me, demanding to speak Speak with with my my leader? leader? No matter the outcome, my eyes were glued to that metallic pod, for better or for worse. A dark violet ooze spilled from the object, forming a large puddle at its base. The slimy substance then scaled the pod, coating the exterior from top to bottom as the slime moved around the sphere the light above stopped blinking all at once the purple liquid was repelled from the craft and back into the ground below there it began taking on a more humanoid shape as the ooze changed so too did its color it became white and fuzzy kind of like tv static appropriately enough TV and radio dialogue soon filled the forest. This thing was collecting signals from thin air, regurgitating lines from popular programs long since broadcast. At least, that's what it appeared to be doing. My mouth, agape in awe, I began leaning forward without even realizing it. The signals ceased abruptly, and I fell headfirst into a pile of dead branches creating a loud, crunch sound. From my new vantage point, I watched the white figure turn to my direction, and then I heard it speak. Who's there? Its voice was shaky and unnatural. It was a low, monotone growl coupled with a harsh reverb. Scared for my life, I picked myself up and ran back home faster than I had ever run before. I reclaimed my perch on the roof and carefully surveyed the property. Once I was sure I hadn't been followed, I hopped through my bedroom window and climbed into bed, hoping that I dreamt this whole thing up. An adventure concocted by my own imagination running wild. I wished it were that easy, but wishful thinking rarely plays out in one's favor. The following day, I came downstairs to the familiar aroma of eggs and bacon. My father always cooked up a hearty breakfast on Sundays. The sight I was greeted with upon entering the dining room, however, was anything but familiar. There, sitting at the table across from my dad, was a man in a clean-cut suit, wearing a bowler hat and a striped tie. We rarely entertained visitors, so I was more than a little perplexed. Son, this is Mr. Grovewood. His car broke down a couple miles up the road, so he's going to be staying with us for a few nights, just until he can get his things sorted out. How do you do, sport? I remained silent, perturbed by the man's presence and still shaken from the previous night. He's paying us a generous sum to stay here, so you best treat him with respect. My dad glared at me in a way that effectively relayed his meaning. As such, I complied. I'm well, sir. Thank you for asking. The man smiled, albeit awkwardly, and I ran off outside to tend to the farm. I didn't know why, but I'd suddenly lost my appetite. Something just wasn't adding up. How did this stranger find the farm after his car broke down? We were literally surrounded by forest. Dumb luck, perhaps? Doubtful. I was beginning to feel that his appearance the day after that thing landed in the woods wasn't a mere coincidence but this wasn't a theory I had enough nerve to explore. After all, I had already convinced myself that the previous night's events were nothing more than a bad dream. The man would be gone in a few days either way, so I tried not to dwell on it. The next couple of nights were bizarre. Mr. Grovewood attempted to watch a sitcom with us while eating dinner, but his reactions were less than normal. He seemed confused by the program and would only laugh after he noticed us laughing. And this wasn't just any laughter, mind you. It was a loud guffaw of intensely uncomfortable proportions. I was almost relieved when he got pulled away by a phone call from a business colleague, though I didn't hear a single word exchanged. The following night, I walked downstairs to the kitchen for a glass of milk, only to find Mr. Grovewood chowing down on a raw steak from the freezer. I asked him about it, and all he said was, it's just a little midnight snack. Trust me, a little color does the body good. Needless to say, I ran back to my room in a hurry without my milk. Last night, however, is when I became truly afraid. Walking past the guest room to get to the bathroom, I overheard Mr. Grovewood on the phone, and this time he most certainly spoke. Did you receive the information I transmitted? Yes, this is the language we must use from here on out. We must avoid suspicion and blend in with the rest. It's a lovely place, rich in minerals, water, and life forms. You and the others are gonna love it here, so long as you're ready. There's no going back from here. This will be our new home. No need. Why waste the material on transports when I can beam you down instantaneously? I have two vessels here, right for the taking. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today.